This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Our Way. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven, here as always with Mark Mach. Yeah, I wasn't going to even turn up this week because I'm famous now. Oh, yeah. I, I've been all over national media with me, me Money Can't Buy Stone song. Been mentioned on Sunday Supplement. Been mentioned in the Liverpool Echo. You have, by name. Well, no, what's talking about me song? A lot don't, of people... don't be jealous now. Don't be jealous because you've been trying to make it in the music world for many years. And I've just came along and in three minutes, you saved you. A lot of people are... Um taking credit for this as well and posting their own versions I, I don't even know what the definitive version is because you're, all you hear is I don't care to that's all you hear isn't it well I posted like a full parody version of the song didn't I which was I, we're not allowed to mention are we I don't think why in case we get sued nah. so I posted a full parody version of the song the middle of last week since then a few well the version that's to get sung at the match is a, is a very shortened version of that I think Unless someone just had the same idea, however, I am claiming credit for it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. Somebody in one of the American uh, Facebook groups said, if someone will post the lyrics, he will actually do a recording of it. So, do you want to do it? Do you want to do a recording of it? What, me and you? Yeah. (laughs) That's a terrible idea. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. It can't be worse than our trying to recall Roberto had a dream last year. Or the time when you decided you were going to do a version of the final countdown for the FA Cup final. No. With Zed Cars, a mix of Zed Cars and the final countdown. That's still in the pipeline if we ever get there. So <laughs> You've just given away my big secret. Oh, sorry. Right, anyway. Uh, so, another exciting week in the land of Everton. Yeah, and you might remember on the end of last week's podcast. I do. I said, I've got this idea for transfer deadline. I'm going to sit there and record all our ins and outs as they happen live didn't quite go to plan I got off a bit late and missed the Murray transfer and then nothing else happened until about 8 o'clock at night when I'd gone to work so my total sum recordings are zero yeah well done brilliant it's a good idea that it was well worth sitting through like 12 hours of constant Sky Sports news but the the thing is some, some people actually did do like live transfer deadline day shows didn't they and what a disappointment <laughs> I mean the show I mean if we look back at it which we will do in a bit we'll talk about uh, how successful our transfer window was but with a few of the promises that went round transfer deadline day was a little bit I think overall for every club it was a little bit of a well, damn squib well, wasn't it Sky was struggling to try and make it sound exciting they, they, they kept on doing this thing where they go and now we're going back to we're going back to Harry Potter at Arsenal any news from Arsenal? No. Not even. Not any. <laughs> Arsenal any, weren't even linked to anyone. Not even all. any uh, dildos being waved around like they were last no, year. No, they've, they've, they've learned from the mistakes now, like people getting bummed up against the gates and dildos getting waved around. So they've decided to move the reporters inside the training grounds. Very disappointing. Anyway, so we are uh, post deadline, post transfer window. So I've got some good news for you, then. Transfer window reopened in 16 weeks. 16 weeks? Right, okay, cool. Um, but no more transfer news, maybe, until then. But we will have a look now at all of our news of the week. 
Yeah, so as we said, coming to uh, the world-famous jingle, um, transfer deadline day happened on Monday, and it was a little bit of a damp squib, as we said, um, but it kicked off in relation to Everton News very early, first confirmed transfer of the day, apparently, and that was the one that we sort of knew was coming, and it was Romero Funes Mori. What's the story? We've done that joke. This is the third week on the run now. You've now well, got I'm, not, I'm saying, what's the story? All oh, right, okay. Um, well, the story is, um, we paid nearly £10 million for him when we all thought we were getting him for about six. Well, the figure last week was 5.5, which was then it kind of increased to 6.25. Then there was some admin kind of difficulties that he has. Like an admin charge that you get, like if you're getting a bank loan or something? No, like, you know, when you, when you, you pay buy a credit card when you're buying a ticket which is 50 quid and then you throw 5 quid admin charge yeah, on yeah 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 so in, it, rather than we must have paid by some crappy uh, so we, uh, APR you said, uh, he's got a Sainsbury's credit card and he's paid 5.5 million on it and he's got an extra 4 million charge on it how's that work are you saying that we bought Funes money from Ticketmaster <laughs> possibly yeah <laughs> right. we use Ticketmaster as our agent <laughs> yeah so uh, and apparently he's not as cat as uh, people have been suggesting. And well, just going back to the fee, have you seen the reason why we think it was nine million now? Have you seen this? No, not entirely. No, I, I saw some. I don't know the validity of this, but apparently, what's going around is that in his contract he had a clause that he was due half of any transfer fee. So, if someone had paid fifty million for him, he would have got twenty-five million. That was in his, so. Basically, the deal was agreed at six million. Um, this was going, and then right at the last minute, River Plate came to Everton and said, "Hang on a minute, we need more money here because he's going to get three million this transfer. We're going to get three million. So the deal was that far down the line. Rather than cancel out and drop out, Everton just said, "All right, we'll throw the extra three million." In. An extra? How have Everton just found an extra? Just three million quid lying behind a couch or down the side of the couch or whatever. That's like a big signing, three million for us. Well, it is, but and I, again, I can't say you know how valid this is, but that is what's what's doing the rounds and, and could possibly be true. So he must have thought that he was going to be rubbish at football, and the club must have thought that he must have been rubbish at football to be able to allow him to insert a clause like that. No, he must have thought he was going to be great, but the club must have thought that he was going to be absolutely cack because they might have thought that he might have been ended up signing for someone for 10 grand and you know fair enough you can take five but when you're talking millions well how, how does somebody get something like that in a, in a contract if it's a you know if it's if it's the truth well I don't, i'm sure you know being a, drawing up your contract in argentina is probably a little less professional maybe than it is in in, in england i'm only guessing there and i might be stereotyping and generalizing but that's the only thing i could I couldn't see, for instance, Lukaku having that in his contract, could you? No. At Everton, He's, so. I mean, they probably got some kind of percentage or, you know, signing on fee put in there. Well, but yeah, you'd always get a signing on fee, don't you, or, or whatever, but yeah, there you go. That, that's, apparently, that is the rumour. So, he's meant to be a, a good, solid, left-sided centre-back who can cover at left-back, which could come in handy uh, very, very soon, really. Um I'm just thinking about this transfer. The fact that it went to 9.5 million and we were still willing to pay that means that Roberto must uh, rate him very highly. Uh, so, who do you think 
he is the natural successor to Jags in that left side of centre centre back role, uh, alongside John Stones for you know the foreseeable future. But I think only time will tell that. I think at the moment he he's obviously been brought in as first choice backup, but it's a big transfer fee, isn't it? So, um, you know, I think they probably look at him in the long term more than just first choice backup. And when you look at our, the, the two lads we've got at the back as first choice, you've got Stone who potentially you know could get transferred out to Jordan any window uh, and then you've got Jags who alright he's not I wouldn't say he's near to the end but he's certainly not getting any younger is he uh, he's well into his 30s now so he could probably go he could probably go on until he's you know, maybe 36 37 yeah possibly but um, so yeah I, I think he probably is seen as the success, the natural successor to, to one or the other I don't know how these uh, how the, the work permit situations work I know Remember on, on like the likes of footy manager or whatever, and then if you offered a, offered a player a contract, we, we're doing Sky Sports kind of stuff here. We, we are using football managers as an as, a, as an well, example. Well, they ripped us off. We we started using football manager first, and then they obviously listened. To but us you know, and, in a simulation kind of environment, you know, they are relatively accurate in these kind of dealings. Apart from the fact that Evan would never sign these. Well, players. you say that, but. On deadline day, Jordan, somewhere in my 12-hour stint of constantly watching Sky Sports, they did one of their football manager stack comparisons with Funes Mori and John Stones. Oh, yeah. And Funes Mori's stats were higher. Bizarrely, he was all 14s and 15s in the you know the defending. And John Stones had a couple of 14s and 15s, but also had like a couple of 12s or something. Nice one. So, so go on, you were saying. Uh, so... When you went to sign a player who wasn't from the EU and you said rota- squad rotation or something like that, if they aren't going to get a game, I mean, is this true to real life? If they, if they don't think that they're going to play 20 games or 30 games of a season, can they just say, well, you can't have a work permit because you're not going to be doing... So I'll let you run with that ra- long rambling question. And my answer is, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just um, something to think about, isn't it? For a, I- I know for a while you'd have to have so many international caps, didn't you? And if you couldn't fill the international criteria, you could go along the lines of saying this this lad, if he's a young player, for instance, is potentially an outstanding talent. Yeah. So, so I don't know if you still have to, we've had to do that. I, I don't know how the way... It, it, or it's, you it's might not, have... year by year. I think it's over contract now, isn't it? Over your contract. Sometimes with South American players, though, they might have like a dual nationality passport and yeah. that qualifies you. So, but in the case of Murray, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Uh, Again, maybe a bit of research might have helped. We never claim to be experts. We just like to talk about Evan. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, So, So what's the passport story? Who knows, Maury? What is on that joke? All right. So, welcome to Everton. Yeah. And, um, have you know, we we are on a Sky Sports theme today. So, anyone who's in another country who doesn't watch Sky Sports will be going, what are these lads talking about? Um, But... Sky Sports, they recently had a bit of a... They went all posh, didn't they, with like a big, massive new studio. Uh, and they started doing all different uh, sections in, on Sky Sports News. And one of them was Sky Sports Investigating. Have you ever seen any of Sky yeah. Sports Investigating? It's where they get serious. And I want to introduce it to the podcast. So, Mark, Mark, Investigating. I am currently investigating the rumours that... Funes Mori's parents are actually Gerard Delafeu and Kevin Morales. Yeah, well, it the, is a bit scary, isn't it? The pitches, uh, the pitches aren't quite conclusive evidence, but they are getting there, aren't they? It's difficult to work out who's the mother and who's the father, but I'm going to say, 
I never thought I'd say Kevin Morales would be the more manly of a two-man partnership. However, he probably is with Gerard Delafeu. Yeah. So I'm going to say Delafeu is Mori's mum and Morales is his dad. For this, Mark Mac, Mark, Mac investigates. Um, DNA tests, slide detectors, the whole Do you deal. want me to record your little jingle for it and we can make it a weekly feature? Yeah, can I have something quite sinister, like a spy film or something? Yeah, so... Okay. Um, no, let's not do that. <laughs> we're already losing uh, losing listeners by the... Uh, no, we're not our We're actually growing, aren't we? That's quite good. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. People actually listen to this crap. Yeah. <laughs> All over the world as well. Worldwide. Um, so, that was pretty much it for the best... Well, up until... Beyond. Well, that was it for the whole day. Beyond the deadline. I loved I loved the way the, all day it was the deadline six, the deadline six, the deadline six, and then it got to ten to six and he went, you can still buy players till eight o'clock. Well, that means the deadline's eight o'clock then, doesn't it? Let's face it. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I, I put on our Facebook, I actually, you know, it wasn't just a joke, I, I, you know, and it, cause it wasn't even very funny, but I was I was going for physio at like 10 to 5, and that's when I was expecting Everton to do, be doing theirs, like 10, to five, uh, 10 past 5, or 10 to 6, or whatever, because uh, I was expecting us to rush a few players in by then, uh, how wrong I was. Yeah, I mean, the only other deal came very late in the day, uh, I think it actually formally got announced in about half 7 at night. Um, and that was the deal that I think nobody in the world was surprised at um, and it was Aaron Lennon returning to Evan just this this deal is this something that we just knew we had in the back pocket and we knew we were going to do no matter what or was this a result of the fact that we were looking around all day couldn't couldn't get this um, this number 10 or you know this another another attacking player in so we just kind of went to it like you know, one that we knew like a fail safe. No, I think it was. I think it was a deal that we we were always getting, and we were just pushing our luck till the very last minute to try and get the fee down as low as we could. So, what was meant to be nine million in the summer? Or yeah, five, five million before he signed when we didn't really rate him that highly. Uh, apparently, then so it was eight nine million, wasn't it? Because he had quite a positive impact, and then we just thought, nah, sack it, sack it off, sack it off. Put, keep keep it, sack it off. Should we should we do a scouse? Translation. I think Sakharov's fairly obvious, but it means... Um, it means jibber. Well, yeah, but people might not know what jibber means. It means forget about it. Forget about it, yeah. Leave it alone. Leave it, yeah. So, um, un- until, you know, Tottenham, who were holding out for £5 million, and then we got beyond the deadline, and we ended up paying, what, £3 million, which could possibly rise to four and a half. Yeah, I think it's somewhere in that region. Most outlets are reporting four and a half million. Um, but I think it probably has got a few add-ons included in that. So, uh, yeah, not a bad price, really, when you think about it. Uh, he's still not particularly old, is oh, he? 28, 20, yeah. 27, 28. Uh, you know, was a fairly regular England international before he sort of fell out of favour at Tottenham. Before uh, Andros Townsend, Townsend came along. And then now he's kind of out of favour a little bit as well. Yeah, I think, you know, Spurs have just had that much change of personnel as they always do that many managers come and go uh, he's just become a bit of a forgotten man really uh, as well, far as at Spurs he didn't get a number did he he didn't get a number in the summer he was training with the, the under 21 so he's going to wear number 12 at Everton this season apparently yeah and um, what is it is Maury wearing 28 I don't One know of, I think uh, Maury or Rodriguez is wearing 28 so they're the new Victor and Anichibi or Anichibi 
brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I mean, I think it says. Uh, I think last time Lennon signed for us on loan, um, I think we said it says a lot that the Tottenham fans don't want him to go out on loan, and uh, and I think again they've come out and said the Spurs fans have all come out and said they think the treatment Aaron Lennon's had has been disgraceful, basically by the club, and that they're not happy about. Uh, the way he's been treated. Well, he's been there for Stuart Testimony. Yeah, ten years. Know. Been there ten years, and uh, you know he signed from Leeds at a very young age, uh, and ten years to just be frozen out like that without getting a testimonial. He's been a good servant to that club. I just think they don't treat players very well. They, you know they've got a, a huge turnover. Particularly, we always joke about the midfielders, but they have, haven't they? The amount of midfielders who come and go, like and wingers and. Um, it's, it's not on I wouldn't like to see Everton treat someone like that I suppose we did a little bit with this time you know, but he hadn't been there 10 years uh, yeah sad but you know he was uh, a little bit happier about it this time do you think that was a bit of a tongue in cheek thing the photographer or do you think he was I'm, genuinely that cheddared no I think from the, the way he was smiling on the pictures it looks like a complete piss take in all honesty because was, yeah. he looks to be overcompensating He's like the happiest man ever to be in a boot room. Somebody, somebody said on our Facebook, did you see it? Uh, he doesn't half look seedy when he smiles, and somebody else countered that with rather seedy than McGeady. <laughs> that was quality. I like it. Clever. Yeah. Yeah, so a, a very, very happy Alan Lennon. Yeah, there was a, there was a picture on the, the Sky Sports app today, uh, happy Lennon, sad Lennon. Uh, so go check that out. Um, it's quite funny as well. So and we've now got Lennon and McCarthy back to sing "Money Can't Buy Your Stones." No, just fate, isn't it? We've got Lennon McCarthy and Tom and Jerry. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. I'll try and think of another one. I don't. Do don't. I've been, trying, I've been trying. I've been trying all day. I was trying to do something like Rolling Stones or something like that, but you know, roll like so. We need a play called Roland. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, never mind. Carl Rowland? Who's he? Who is he? I've never from No. Oh, anyway, let's go. Um, yeah, so in other. We weren't. To the best of my knowledge, we weren't actually formally linked with anybody else on deadline day. The Yarmolenko link was coming in, in and out, but then there was talk of him going to Arsenal, Vashite, and Barcelona again but Barcelona's when's their transfer embargo like, I think it's January so it, that looks likely now to me yeah it was very rehashed I think basically Kiev are saying um, I think they probably expect to be knocked out of the Champions League by Christmas uh, so that's when they would look to sell Yarmolenko possibly so yeah but there was nothing I, I was expecting maybe a couple of very late links and maybe I, you know I really was expecting a loan because we always get a loan. Martinez likes his loans, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, and and there wasn't one that materialised. Here's a question for you. How about hold on? How about loans and stones? No, never mind. Here's a question for you. Name me the players that Martinez has had on loan that he hasn't bought. Off the top of your head. Oh yeah. Cheers for that. Uh, Atsu. That's who's one. There's one more. You didn't say it. Bless you. <laughs> There's one more. I can't think. Traore. Oh yeah. yeah. Big, big, big old Traore. Little and large. The, the, best, the best strike rate of anyone. One and one. One and one, lad, 100%. You cannot argue with that. Yeah. That is stats. You cannot argue with stats. 
There was, however, um, quite a bit of talk of people going, although nobody actually did on deadline day. Um, and the main one was Stephen Naismith. If this is true, this rumour is, tr- is true, and as much as you know, I agree with like the majority of Evertonians that I'm happy that he, he hasn't gone, but if this £8 million link and bid as was in place, who was it, who was it to? Uh, well, Norwich, and it is talked that maybe Sunderland were interested as well, uh, but Norwich was the one with, that supposedly bid somewhere in the region of seven to eight million. Seventy-eight million. Seven to eight million. <laughs> Do you think he would have gone if, he, if he'd offered seventy-eight million? I think he would have gone if he was getting fifty percent of the transfer fee. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he'd have only I, gave it to almost people anyway. Yeah, I'm shocked for for that that kind of fee. Uh, as much as we would want to keep hold of them, I'd have thought we would, we would have cashed in and tried to put really that. eight million. I've seen a lot of. I'm gonna. I've coined a new phrase this week: the Naismith naysayers. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Naismith naysayers who can't believe that we we didn't sell them. But when you look at it realistically, the two positions that we were looking to strengthen that was striker and number ten. Stephen Naismith is pretty much a first backup in both of those positions. He doesn't mean he's good in the number ten role, but he is your backup. I suppose, yeah. You know, if if you're looking at Barkley being your number ten and Lukaku being your number nine, if either of them get injured, okay, Kone for Lukaku. But you know, Naismith is is the backup in those two positions. So I think maybe if we had assigned another striker, or maybe if we had assigned a number ten for that sort of fee, they might have thought about letting Stephen go. But it looks like money can't buy your Naismith either. So before we go on to discuss uh, the number ten, uh, we've got one more possible out who was uh, McGeady. It was yeah. Um, there was a, quite a bit of talk during the day that Sunderland were possibly interested, uh, that Celtic may be looking, uh, and I I fully expected McGeady to at least go out on loan, especially if, with, with the thought you know Lennon coming in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't know whether it was because Lennon got done so late in the day. Uh, that prevented McGeady going. Um, maybe Martinez still thinks there's there's something in him. Is the is, is there another week or so like in previous seasons where Championship clubs can bring players in on loan? I don't think there is. They keep changing these rules. And another question, which is interesting because of you, you, your preference of a certain player who might be available on a free, is there still? An extension for bringing in players who are unattached or or on a free. If Again, gets... I don't think there is. Now I think you've had to add your squad finalised now. And you talk about Berbatov. Yeah. Well, he's gone to a Greek side. He's gone to PAOK because uh, I think basically all deals have to be done by yeah. the the deadline this week. So yeah, now I think that's it. Now we're done and dusted until January. You can't bring anyone in. Did you see the uh, the the link with the for- the kid from Forest? And we, we, we Antonio, the winger yeah. who went to West Ham. Yeah, we we, we 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 were linked with a few million and McGeady to this to this kid, uh, to Antonio. McGeady on loan, I think it was, wasn't it? Was it? I, I believe so. Yeah. But you know that didn't come in, come into fruition as well. So did did you, did you see the lad who signed for Derby by the way? And I can't remember the, the lad's name. And then he did an interview, and through the whole interview, he referred to them as Derby City. Oh my God! No. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I saw again. I've uh, always wanted to play for Derby City. I supported Derby City as a boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he never said that. For uh, that sort of gist. The 
the, the, you know the, how how we've come out of this with you know Stones just getting his head down and, and you know cracking on with his football, and how another player who was in a very cir- cir- similar circumstances, Saeed Berahino, and how he reacted to his. Uh, He's not done himself any favours there, really, has he? No. Um, Spatter's th- dummy. There's two, yeah. There's two things about this, really. One is that obviously the fans are all going to hate him, and the other thing is, would you really want to come and face Tony Fulis the next day? <laughs> no, you bat you in the shower. He'd be standing there in the shower with his hat on, but, but other than that, completely, <laughs> his calf completely bollock out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and then he just, and then Berahino's coming, and Fulis is basically just hit him around the face with his wang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, not not a pretty picture for our, for people to envisage that. The moral of the story is never take to Twitter straight away when someone's annoyed you. Yeah. I don't really get what Better Hino... Better obviously come out and, t- and tweeted that he'd never play for the club while Jeremy Peace was there, and Jeremy Peace is the West Brom chairman. Is he expecting to get the chairman sacked over him who wanted to leave anyway? <laughs> yeah. What, what is that kid on? Anyway, yeah, so thank God we've got John Stones and that. Say, though, Better Hino... What did I call him? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought you called him Sado Berahino, didn't you? I think, did I say Sado? Anyway, possibly. Yeah. Sado, Sado Berahino. <laughs> um, the only other little bit of transfer thing that caught my eye on deadline day was at one point, I saw this thing and Wayne Rooney had gone down to Evans for Everton to be his next club. Now, there was no one saying we were going to sign on deadline day. He'd suddenly his odds had dropped right down and they're still currently round about evens. Little cheeky bid in, in January, do you reckon? Or? People saying that we couldn't afford his wages now. Not, he, he doesn't seem happy at Man United at the minute, does he? Ever since he turned the, back out of the blues. Yeah. But this stuff about wages now, right? I don't know, can, can players just... At some point in their lives, they've got to realise that... I've got enough money. 250 grand a week. I can probably do without that for the rest of my life now. You know, I've probably got, you know, 80 million saved up in the bank. And that'll see me all right for the next few years. Do you think Rooney would take a massive wage cut uh, and, you know, take his cut of, you know, royalties from Everton rather than Man U or whatever? Would he do it? Do you think he would? Yes, I do. How much? Do you think he'd be just on, on a level with Lukaku, or would we have to break the in, bank? And no, I think on? he'd just come in on seventy grand a week, like the rest of them. Would you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I seriously do. I seriously do. And when you think about it, would 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 he or would he not be the absolute perfect number ten? Oh, imagine him alongside Lukaku. That number ten role, just you know, he, he's playing a number nine role at the minute for, for United. Not really seen enough of the ball. He's not really, you know, back in the day, he's probably lost a little bit of pace, hasn't he, from what he had. I know he was never really electric, like, but. You see, why he was pacey, but not, yeah, not, not slow. Yeah, he was always quick, wasn't he? But he was never, you know, he, he wasn't a Gareth Bale, for instance, no. was he? But, um, yeah, well, he would be the perfect number 10. What about, you know, all these campaigns? I know it's never going to happen, but now there's campaigns saying sack the board or whatever. What if we. If Everton, you know, started if he, flying planes over Old Trafford saying "Come home, Rooney." Yeah, and you know, start a campaign, getting petitions, bring Rooney back, all this kind of stuff. Why, why not put a positive thing out there instead of negativity? I know it's not going to happen, but get, you know, it, get it started. Why don't you book the taxi club out for a for a meeting next week? I tell you what, that would be rammed if if there was a possibility of people thinking that Rooney would come back at the end of that. 
I think it'd be wrong. You still get your nice eyes. Suck him off, badge kiss and wanker, all that kind of stuff. You've learned to wear nice eyes from me now this week, haven't you? Nice Smith, nice, nice eyes. Yeah. I like it. Um, so, no, number 10. It's basically so, yeah, that's, what, that's what, what we're, we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a, a topic that's going to come up later on in our social media section. But we're going to have our say on it now and probably then as well, really. Uh, so, no Yambalenko. Um, and you know is the fact that we didn't go out and panic by someone and didn't get Raquel May after all uh, is that a result of Ross Barkley's early season form you know is that played a part in it or do you think he was still desperate to sign at number 10 I think whoever we designed in a number 10 role probably wouldn't have come straight in at the minute because of Ross Barkley's form anyway so I think Ross probably would have remained first choice so to me Ross is currently our number 10 position I know there's a lot of people who want to drop him back into central midfield but at the minute he's doing okay in that role uh, you know Lukaku's clearly our number 9 um, but the problem is it's very if one of them get injured it's very thin below there isn't it and I know there's people say we've already mentioned Naismith can probably play that number 10 but you, as you said He's not particularly a number ten, is he? Um, and then you, you, then you're sort of looking at Morales or Delafeu, possibly. Yeah, I don't think they're particularly. They wouldn't be in a number ten role, would they? They'd be, you know, supporting striker-ish, but not more in a free role because you can't, you can't guarantee that their distribution would be as good. You just want them to run a players. But I think the, the the whole point of a number ten is someone who passes the ball and creates chances. Or lofty fences, yeah. So that's Morales out passing yeah. the ball. Well, and Delafay out as well. Yeah. yeah, he's an assist machine at the minute. Only because he goes so far wide that he can't get it in himself. Well, true. Um, so I don't know. You know, the thing, the thing, the thing, like obviously Osman's going to play some part this season still as well in that in that support role and people are going to you know go oh, Osman you know hasn't he pissed off yet but I think the, the fact that Barkley they're going to see it as Barkley starting the season off well and possibly saving us 15 to 20 million but hopefully he can keep it up and just keep on pushing on uh, and you know we didn't get it but you know there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of positives to take from this transfer window if the transfer window had been before the first day of the season and we hadn't have bought a number 10 and Barkley was our main choice then I'd have been disappointed the way Ross has started the season him being our first choice number 10 now um, I've got absolutely no problem with I think um, I know you've got the the injury problems um, that we've we had, we've had you've got, you've got them listed a little bit further down on, on the news section but uh, I think with the injury to Tom Cleverley which is unfortunate of, of course I think that might force us to add a little bit of extra balance to the team because he was playing out wide and I, I didn't see why we were playing him out wide when we've got two wingers and now Aaron Lennon come in well four wingers because you had McGeady there as well uh, you've got Aaron Lennon you've got Delafay you've got Morales but you're still playing a central midfielder out wide um, I think potentially now we're going to have to bench with the most width ever in the Premier League well, if 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 you were if you listen to a lot of rumours and the longest in the shower segment on, we could have the the, the biggest length and on, on, on the uh, anyway. That's for the. Who are you talking about? Adam Lennon. Wow! No wonder he's smiling then. <laughs> I know, yeah. 
<laughs> I think the, he's only a little fella. I think his beards are smiling a little bit more, by all accounts. I don't know. You know. Right. Okay. Anyway, anyway, we didn't mean to go uh, in, in, into that area. So you know, swiftly moving on. <laughs> swiftly, yeah. As I, ra- I think rapidly, like as rapid as Aaron Lennon is. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit later, aren't we, about what we think overall about yeah. Evans' so transfer we'll business. So we'll come back to that and we'll give you our opinions on whether we think it was a good window or a bad window. Yeah, so um, the injury... Can we just cover on the, on the other injuries, though? What, what about Tom Cleverley? How long's he out for? Yeah, um, well... Uh, Nasty challenge, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was a challenge from an, an ex-Bloom, in fact. Eric Dier, or Eric Dyer, however you want to pronounce his name. Um, and in a Spurs game at the weekend... Uh, a nasty looking challenge but one that I, I don't think there was any malicious intent in it it wasn't high or anything was it it was just one of those really sort of cut and slide tackles the problem is with it though you know he sort of scissors the that's it and that, that's a tackle that's now outlawed isn't it so you know and it's done him damage so why wasn't he off I don't I, it wasn't a sending off to me well it wasn't but that's it wasn't outlawed well possibly but anyway um, it looked bad straight away didn't it because you know, cleverly did the whole shaking his hands at the bench like I'm done. Get get somebody to me dead quick, sort of hand motion. Yeah, and it's such a shame because and he, he looked in agony. He didn't. started the season quite well, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, he slotted in very well. In fact, I would say even playing out of position. Yeah, uh, which you know, I think on one of the first podcasts I said we're not really doing him any favors here because there's a there's a section of the crowd who. Maybe you're not overly impressed with his signature, and then sticking him out wide out of position probably isn't going to help him. But I don't think anyone can complain about what he's what he's provided so far. Um, so, yeah, it is a shame, really. And I think initially we all had fears that it could be a break, possibly fractured ankle, broken ankle. Didn't look too good. That sort of got downgraded to ligament damage, um, and we're, I think at the minute we're looking at it probably about eight weeks out. Um, the first two weeks of that are going to be during the international break, so we're probably going to be missing them for about six weeks playing time. Yeah, uh, the other injury news uh, is uh, quite a familiar one. It is, and I think we were talking last week, weren't we, about uh, Mr. Oviedo, uh, and I said to you I was worried about him, and I was worried about his injuries and the way he looks, uh, and then he played his second 90 minutes, didn't he? In a, in a, well, he, no, did he do the full 90 minutes against I think he did. did he, or did he go off? No, I think he did, didn't he? Um, second 90 minutes in a week probably looked a little bit better, I would say. Do you think he looked a bit more with it, didn't he, against Spurs? Um, and then, surprise, surprise, we break for international. He gets called up by Costa Rica. I know what you're going to say, so let me just finish. He gets called up by Costa Rica, uh, and then the news breaks that he's had to pull out of the squad with a knee injury. A convenient knee injury. A conv- well, is it, though? Well, we'll find out. We'll find out if he if he's back in the Everton squad. Do you think he just didn't fancy the flight to Costa to to play? I think Chile at, or Ecuador. I think or at some is. point he's he's kind of got he's got a. I don't know who who decides this. Was it the Everton medical staff who said it's normally the international staff, isn't it? Uh, like the Costa Rican staff who decide. Yeah, but you're not going to fly him all the way out to Costa Rica just to go and see he's got a knee injury and send him back. They're going to probably. Listen, listen subcontract to that out to the Everton staff aren't they or maybe they've got a doctor somewhere in England I yeah. don't know so with the progress he's making fitness wise I, I, I think it's possibly uh, Everton not fancying him just having them have two games back then flying all the way there with the possibility of getting injured again when we need him now so I think I think he, he might be okay 
uh, yeah, it, for the Chelsea game. It probably makes sense, really, for everybody involved for him to miss these internationals, give him a bit more it time does, to work on his you, fitness. You don't see it like that, do you, the international Co- coaches? Well, they don't, but I'm sure Costa, you know, if the manager of Costa Rica's got any sense, he's probably going to, you know, he's seen the, the catalogue of injuries that Oviedo's had, he's been out for a long time. He's coped without him, he mustn't be first choice anymore anyway, let's face it. Well, he, he might be, but he, they've obviously had to be using somebody yeah. else, so... Uh, so he, he also, the, the, the rumour is possibly he's out for about two weeks yeah. which is the, the international window but let, let's wait and see on that one because potentially he could miss the Chelsea game well if he does there's a total lot more coming in uh, a left back because he's a left sided centre back I, don't, was, I wouldn't want a lad to I was going to say that was in my preview but we're not doing a preview we're doing that next week yes, um, I wouldn't want a lad to come in to make his debut out of position particularly against Chelsea who could poss- potentially rip him to bits Against With Pedro, Pedro yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, be a bit of a scary thought. That really. Well, seeing some of his challenges, he might Pedro might end up in the stand. Possibly, but I, I think I'd be thinking at least a penalty and a sending off. Well, the thing is, the, the scary thought is we know that Oviedo is all right going forward, and would you fancy him against Pedro? Well, we will talk about this a lot more next week. Yeah, of let's wait and see if that happens first before we get into that. Um, a complete change of tack now, really. Um, I don't. Just, sorry, just before we do, I don't think there's any updates on any of our other injured players. Is there long-term injuries? You like see your Pinars? Um, no, Pinar out, Hibbo out, Gibson out, which yes. we'll get onto in a minute. Um, yeah, no. I've, in fact, let's change the run order slightly and let's talk about Gibson and the reason why he's not featuring at the moment, minute. Um, yeah, we all know that he's had problems with the law in the past couple of weeks and we put it on previous podcasts Uh, obviously this drink driving charge he was looking at and he on transfer deadline day he was actually at his court appearance uh, pleaded guilty to the offences of uh, driving whilst over the prescribed limit so that's drink driving basically to in layman's terms Um, fleeing the scene of an accident uh, and also driving without UK and attention. So, first chance, pled guilty. Would have got a reduced punishment because he's pled guilty at the first uh, option. Uh, and he's been given a 20-month driving ban and uh, a 12-month community service order. So, no jail time for Dan and Gibson. So, this, with this, because he did he plead guilty to one offence or all three? And, but he gets punished for one offence, am, am I thinking that? Is that right? Or does he get punished for all three? Yeah, what what happens in jobs like this usually is you get you, he's pled guilty to all the offences. Yeah. Um the the drink driving would have carried the driving ban and then any send any punishment he gets for the others uh, would be put in together basically. Mm-hmm. So that's what the community order would have come from the the leaving the scene and, and, and the other part of it. Um, so we'd be doing some sort of community service so look out for litter pickers on the streets of Liverpool because coming to a street near you soon is uh, Dan and Gibson I think we'll probably be Manchester won't it oh we'll be actually or Cheshire yeah, yeah probably needed a lot no they probably don't <laughs> uh, I don't think we've got many Mancunian listeners so I think you'll be alright with comments like that uh, so the, um, the the incident though sounds so bizarre I thought he, 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 he he's been forced to pay a, a, for £5,000 compensation to this cyclist actually collided with three cyclists uh, yeah I think his car ran into th- I think there was well, possibly three bikes or something but he only really injured one and, and knocked and one off his bike and uh, he, he, this, this, he's basically 
written off this four thousand five hundred quid bike. Which means the bike would actually probably worth two hundred quid from Alfred's because yeah. we all know how insurance claims go, don't we? How much is your bike, mate? Uh, four grand. <laughs> four grand, yeah. Yeah. You must have this like souped up like low rider <laughs> chopper or something. <laughs> uh, so he, he's a footballer, isn't he? Yeah, he's a footballer. Yeah, four grand, Def- yeah. four grand, definitely. But he, obviously, he didn't deal with the cyclist. But he fled off to a petrol station, collided with a pump, got out. That could have been a lot worse. That it? could have been, yeah. But got out, apparently with no shoes on. And I, I, I'm just, I know this didn't happen, but I just, I'm just picturing Darren Gibbo, unfit, pegging it off down the road, Forrest Gump style, with no shoes on. He wouldn't have even got off the forecourt before he <laughs> fell on the floor with it yeah, under he, his knee. He's not the, mo- not the most mobile, is he? <laughs> so, anyway... It, you know, we're joking about it, but it's a serious issue, isn't it? And it's something that need, needs to be addressed. And is, is there any fallout from the club from it? Well, the club, to the best of my knowledge, have still not made any official statements on it. And, it, and obviously dealing with whatever they're doing in-house and keeping it in-house. We so. can't exactly, you know, suspend him or anything because he's injured. Yeah. So, Do you know what I reckon he should do? Do you need to bring a friend of Darren Gibson's into the club to look after him? Oh yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think I know where you go. He's his best mate, Wayne Rooney, isn't he? Yeah, could well be. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. either that or it could work the other way, and we could turn uh, Wayne Rooney into a fat pisser who runs into cyclists and uh, petrol pumps. You just described Wayne Rooney, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Was it, was was Davin Gibson in Rooney's house when he got knocked out by that lad on the the footage? Stephen Gibson there. I think he was, you know. They were probably all bevied then, weren't they? Anyway, um, let's see. Let me have a look over up to. Uh, oh right, yeah. Complete change of tack now. Um, one of the things we get asked quite a lot uh, by people who listen to the podcast is: Is there any updates on the new ground? I know, which is strange because, as we always claim, we're not experts, but we do kind and of. And we're certainly not experts in planning permission or. Uh, architecture no but we, because obviously because we're local we get the the local news uh and you know see, see the local stories our local paper liverpool echo there's going to be scouts who listen to this saying what he's talking about but we do have like people who listen in australia the and red America, echo the red echo, we know yeah. it yeah uh, i hate the echo they've you know they've put this story story out there about this proposed site which is of course as we know walton hall park uh, and you're going to tell us the rest, aren't you? Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to make a slight change to the statements I just made. I hate the Echo, unless there's anyone from the Echo listening and wants us to do uh, some sort of column in it. And then we love the and, Echo. And we love the Echo, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah Waltonall Park, it had gone very quiet on this subject, and I think, you know, you, you, you're bored out. People were saying, oh, yeah, no wonder the season tickets have all been sold, no wonder it's gone quiet. Um, but then... Some Evertonian somewhere has tweeted the mayor of uh, Liverpool, Joe Anderson, uh, and asked him if there's any update, basically. And Joe Anderson's come out this week and said uh, it is still an ongoing issue and a big announcement will be made sometime in October. Um, I've got... I'll tell you exactly what he said. Uh, Joe Anderson, this is a straight quote. uh, We're still talking and I will one way or other have something to say by the end of October. Uh, Joe went on to say, I'm not prepared to keep people in the dark for longer than that. I haven't got to the stage when I'm setting a deadline on a decision, but we will simply be giving people an update on what's happening in October. 
So he's given us an update to say that he's going to give us an update. Yes. Uh, there's been no other information released. The proposed development uh, at Watnall Park is still uh, a 50,000 seater stadium uh, and also a thousand new homes and a 30,000 square meter of like leisure, leisure retail restaurants etc. So probably a little retail park with pets at home and B&Q or so th- this or is other. this is not going to go down well at all with people in the area uh, although you know we, we talked about this this a lot you know it's it's it's, it's about a 50 50 split you know we obviously as evertonians who don't live in that area we think it's it's you know the fact that it's so local to to, to the grounds we're not moving to kirby we're not moving to the city center or whatever it's it seems like the perfect spot you know not thinking about the What's it called? The Green Campaign? Is that what it's called? Well, like the Green Belt area type. I don't know. Uh, we're basically trying to save park spaces. The thing people underestimate about Watmore Park though, is the actual size of it. It's, it's massive. It, it's huge. <laughs> it is massive. So even with the ground on and that, there is still going to be park area and everything. And there is going to be regeneration of the area. So I think people think like footy louts though, don't they? And all stuff like that. But. Well... Yeah, but it's only, you know, half a mile down the road to where it is anyway, isn't it? So, yeah, that that's going to rumble on. So hopefully in October we'll have an update on the update of the possible decision that might get made when that's decided. So basically we won't know, we won't know anything. So Walton Hall Park is still in the pipeline in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly, maybe if we sell John Stones next summer for £100 million, that'll pay for half the ground. Yeah, you might have a Gareth Bale or Suarez type season score 40 goals uh, and uh, end up at Madrid for 100 million yeah 100 million and we'll get 50 million for Stephen A. Smith from Norwich uh, as Norwich embark on their Champions League campaign next the, the season after this so yeah there you go that'll pay for the ground happy days um, that's it really news wise international week there's no game this weekend so there's been international call ups Tim Howard back in the mix. Tim Howard back for America after his little layoff. Yeah, you know, looking forward to the the World Cup. Finished his book tour. So yeah, he's, he's done his book tour. So he needs some extra uh, extra spotlight, extra publicity again. So he's back in the mix. He's got no part of his body left to tattoo. So uh, he started tattooing other people, and uh, he's yeah, he's, he's fed up with his beard. Um, so yeah, he's gone. He's returned to international football uh, in the England squad. I think we've got Jags, uh, Stones, Barkley. I don't think they call, never called Baines up. Obviously, he's injured, isn't he? That's I it. feel. To, I, why isn't Leon Osman in there? Got lal asses. Give him a taste of it and then just sack him off. Well, yeah. Um, cleverly, would he have made it if he hadn't? Yeah, been? I think he is. He's a mainstay, isn't he? Nah, well, I don't know. I think he would have been borderline. Oh, do you mean because he's signed for Everton? He's no longer. Yeah, he would have been battling out with John Joe Shelby, wouldn't he, for that that place? Uh, so. Yeah, I've now got another reason not to watch England. John Joe Shelby's been called up. Um, yeah, and, and that's it really. You know, all obviously your regulars who get called up. You like to your Lukaku's, Morales's, uh, Stephen A. Smith's, Sheamus's. They're all out doing the qualifiers. So probably by the time the Chelsea game comes round, we'll have about four fifth players. No, Delafeu uh, starred for a uh, captain and starred for the. Uh, is he captain? Was yeah, he? Yeah, Spanish under twenty ones last I night. Him, is he captain? Oh yeah. 
It's like lead by example with your, sh- your sleeves pulled down over your hands. Give a little wave. I think if they put the Sky Sports football manager stats up, his leadership would be about three. Yeah. You can well, tell his dog what to do. He led by example, though. He uh, an assist and a, 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 well, he scored a penalty, but a goal and assist in any game is. Uh, if you can bring bring his confidence up and you know start adding some better decision making, a little bit of a little bit of more, little bit more metal, a little bit more steel uh, in, in 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 any kind of tackle, then I think he's gonna he's gonna go on to have a good season. Yeah, and obviously now he's surrounded by his family, his little son Funes. He's uh, <laughs> you know he's gonna be more comfortable at the club. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to mention in the news was. Um, have you heard anything about this uh, 20 is plenty campaign? No. Basically, the 20 is plenty campaign is uh, a number of fan groups. I think we possibly touched on oh, this we last did. Yeah, we did. A number of fan groups have been getting together from various clubs. Um, there's even been a little bit of a bond between the Evertonians and the, uh, the fans of uh, that lot over the past. That's the only, the only link I've seen. Yeah, um, I think... Uh, the School of Science group and the Spirit of Shankly, so two SOS groups, strangely, uh, I've got together and they're trying to campaign for this. And basically, it's for all away tickets to be £20. So, anyone wants to come watch a game of Goodison, you pay 20 quid, we pay 20 quid to go and watch it at the cesspit uh, over the park. Or it's better than 50, what we uh, paid for the last five seasons. Old Trafford, 20 quid, St. James Park, 20 quid. So, I think they're trying to get that across the board and I don't know whether Everton and Liverpool are going to make a mutual agreement to do it between themselves or whatever but um, if we hear anything on that we'll, uh, we'll, we'll bring it up to date yeah, good trying stuff. to encourage away support well, ours is always great anyway it is yeah, so that's all our news of the week uh, we're going to have a little break now uh, play our links and then come back with a little bit of a social media section with our thoughts of the week so back in a minute This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. There you have our links, so feel free to get in touch. We are both pretty active on there. Uh, so we, we do try and get back to people and try and get involved If you know, once we put stuff out on Facebook and that. So, yeah, get involved. Uh, before we go into our question of the day, or question of the week, whatever it was called, uh, you've got a nice little quote from Aaron Lennon, which went round social media. It did, yeah. Uh, and it, Very quickly, I was going to put this in the news section and completely forgot, as I always do. Um, and it was just basically what, what Aaron said on joining the club. Uh, and he said, It's an unbelievable feeling. A lot of people know it's the move I wanted. And from the first time I got here, it felt like home. I was just hoping it got done throughout the summer. I was just waiting, waiting. Yesterday was a great moment for me to finally become a full-time Everton player. So a little, another one to add to the, the whole sort of list of players that the club's touched and do we never the same again? Yeah, uh, it's great to see people coming in like that and, and not just, you know, saying that... I mean, it's quite it's quite cliche, but it's, it, you know, it's not, it's not like as cliche as like... Um, you know, it's a dream, but just a dream move. You know, he's being, he's saying some nice personal things there, so it's good. Um, I'm gonna, I've got another new section to add to the podcast this week, so you need to make another jingle, and that's my Facebook rant of the week about people that annoy me on Facebook. Go on. 
Uh, and I put. You're not going to name a shame, are you? You're just going to say a specific type of person. I don't know. It could go either way. I'll keep people on their toes. Um, and it was going back to transfer deadline day. And as I say, I was sat there watching 400 hours of Sky Sports news. And I got a little bit bored. So we decided to do a bit of an update on Facebook. Oh, yes. I, I remember this. Um, so I basically put a list up saying these possible outs for today. Right. And I'll read out the, the post, okay? I put possible out. McGeady to Sunderland. Please, God, I'll give him a piggyback myself, which is saying something because he's a bit tubby and it's a long way. So that was number one. Number two. But that, also, that, that already sets the tone as it being quite light-hearted. As it being light-hearted, yeah. Number two. Nate Smith to Watford or Norwich. This is the bit you've got to pay attention to, okay? Yes. I like the lad. It would be a shame, really. Can only see this happening if we do find the number 10. Which is looking highly unlikely. So that was fairly informative and serious, I think. Mm-hmm. But I'm clearly stating I like him. I don't want him to leave. Yeah, but that was the that was the thing too. It then goes on to say, Darren Gibson could be signing for HMP Liverpool to play in midfield alongside Vinnie Jones for Me Machine FC. Obvious joke. Yeah. Regards to his court case. Last one, Hibo to Real Madrid deal off as Madrid failed to get the paperwork. Spanish fishing license signed off in time. Again, obvious joke. Playing on the David de Gea saga. Um, I then got quite a number of replies saying I'm an idiot for wanting Naismith to leave and and asking them to. And I just sat there stunned, thinking, do people actually read, or am I? Do I not? Sort of put things in the right context I, I think even with that second with the second point there number two the Naismith thing it wasn't even like I don't know it was like like it was an inferred kind of like wanting him out kind of thing it was pretty clear you were pretty thorough in what you said and yeah I saw the comments and it was hey, what and then even when you said go back and read the comments what you know what where does it say that I want him to leave People still got back to you and said, you said it in the comments. Yeah. It's like, what? I've just checked. I was going to read some of like, the, the backwards of words, but the lad's left the page, funnily enough. Has he? Yeah, he's gone. He's, well, com- he's commented on a few things since, hasn't he? Uh, well, all, the, all his replies have gone. They're all missing. Unless he just blocked me because he was outfoxed in the, in the, the ongoing battle of words afterwards. Was he fuming? I think he was proper fuming, lad. Uh, yeah, so that's my that's my Facebook rant of the week. Okay, uh, so do you know what my my Facebook rant of the week is? Well, in fact, it's not a Twitter rant, which we've just been discussing. Is when you put all your controversial statuses on Facebook, and we've got our Twitter account linked, and people get back to me on Twitter because I'm the only one who's got the password for that account. And I'm like, what are they on about? And they're all calling me knobhead and stuff. <laughs> so, like that's my that's my fume. I like, grow a set and support your boy, don't you? Uh, so our question bros before hose that okay. made no sense <laughs> bros before twitter open no that still doesn't uh, question for the day despite the lack of a number 10 are you happy with our business this transfer window hashtag Everton of course it's about Everton so I don't know why I put that on there <laughs> uh, so uh, quite a mixed response yeah um, I'll start with uh, Mark Harrison uh, he's a regular sort of contributor to the Facebook page. 
Um, and he's said he's kept it simple. No, no improvement. Just um, as an aside, we're going to actually look at the ins and outs after this and discuss our, our thoughts on it as well. So, uh, Kyle Dunn uh, replies with yes. People are complaining about the lack of a number ten when Morales can play there. Wouldn't surprise really? me. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if that's his thinking in getting Len. I, I, I understand what he's saying, as in he's a creative and flair player, but I don't think he's a creative player in creating chances by <laughs> he's you know, creative but I don't think he's creative no he's creative as in you know he, he can think of creative ways of trying to get past players and you know fall into the ground but he, I don't think he can unlock a defence with a through ball on a consistent level like what we would want from this number 10 that we what, you know magically want to sign complete this sequence Andy Townsend Michael Owen Robbie Savage Johnny Seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, what was that? What was that quote that they was doing doing the rounds about? Um, at, you know what Michael Owen said about uh, Swansea. I really thought if once Swansea could score more goals than Man, Man United, then you get the victory. Then they'd win. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's rocket science. <laughs> um, there's a ghost having a way in the toilet next to us. What was that, Johnny? I'm scared. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> if that wasn't picked up by the microphone, get Derek Han- Han- what's Derek Hancock? Is that his name? I think he, has he died. Someone just died. Well, the ghost of Derek. And that was Colin Fry who's died. Ah, right, okay. I will explain what's going on. We've just heard running water in our studio, which is actually Johnny's flat, um, and I'm rather freaked out now. It's okay. We, I, I can see behind you. And there's, there's nothing there apart from a. A girl with the black hair over the face and a white dress. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, Ray Langford, he's really sort of took a stance on this subject. He's really sided with one side of the argument. He says, I'm not that happy, but then I'm not too disappointed. I'm, I'm Thanks gonna, for that, Ray. I'm going to agree to be honest. That's the way I feel. <laughs> Brilliant. This is what I've got to work with. Mark Bardsley says, Eh... Uh, well, I think he says he pretty much says the same kind of thing, and then but in in different words, he says very happy keeping all our best players and adding a few couldn't be happier. But pe- oh no, he's quite quite happy about it. Actually, couldn't be happier. People grumble and behave, so he's he's quite chuffed. He, he's took a stance and yeah, he stuck but, to it. Yeah, sorry, not like you. I'm Ray Langford. Uh, me and Ray boys. Uh, Keith Gallagher, another striker should have been signed. What if Ron gets injured? Nice plus Coney won't bang them in. Yeah. But that, I mean, you know, I don't think we were in the market for a striker all along, really. We, although we should have been, possibly. I like his little summit on there, Nice plus Coney. One thing I can guarantee you about the answer to Nice plus Coney is it would have white hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stuart Tag. Great response. No. <laughs> no. Well, then, Stu. He's not happy. Hold on, though. We could just ask that question. We could cut out question for the day, dot, 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 despite the lack of a number 10. And with our business, this transfer window, question mark, hashtag Everton, and just leave that as, are you happy? And then the answer from Stuart Tag would still be no. Would still be no. Correct. <laughs> Sorry, Stu. Uh, Neil Lafferty, looking forward, yes. However, we need players for the here and now. On that basis, then, no. So he thinks he's happy with the youngsters we brought in. I think we've got good prospects there. Uh, but <laughs> for playing Chelsea next week, I think he thinks we're screwed. Possibly. 
Uh, Colin Ritchie says play Ross Barkley as the number ten, which I think you know we just covered that. We are doing didn't really answer the question we asked. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I can see what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's answering the people who are saying we didn't get a number ten, and obviously saying, "Well, why would we?" Because we've got Ross Barkley, uh, Stefan Davis. Uh, no, we've stalled, so he doesn't think it's been a good window. Doesn't think we've uh, brought the players in that we needed. Mark Crabtree, we kept Stones, which showed we have grown some bollocks. Yamalanko signing would have made it so much better. I fully agree. Yeah, I mean that, that is. Uh, such a massive statement because as you know we've said all along that we thought what stones would go and you know through a number of um you know a number of reasons the fact that we have been everton supporters and have experienced these kind of deals before once a big came in we knocked it back we thought at one one of two things would happen either um you know we'd accept a bigger fee or that stones would ask for a transfer and then we'd accept a bigger fee uh, and the fact that we turned around and said just outright no is just I think it's just amazing it, it amazes me that that happened you know and that we, we ended up being wrong about it yeah um, Sean Hughes uh, it's unconfirmed whether this is Sean Hughes Irish stand-up comedian uh, of Shawnee Show Shawnee Show do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah random obscure reference there that no one will understand other than me and you uh, I'm as happy as Aaron Lennon. Which Aaron Lennon now? That's what I want to know. Happy Aaron Lennon or sad Aaron, Aaron Lennon? Yeah. Oof, nice. And is, is happy Aaron Lennon really hiding a sadness behind a smile? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, Stephen Carter uh, goes further than Stuart Tag and says no with three exclamation marks. How much of an exclamation is that if you've got three exclamation marks? No! <laughs> really? <laughs> Right, okay. I think I've just nearly blew out our microphone there. <laughs> he sounds a bit of an angry head, Stephen Carter, then, doesn't he? Uh, John McAteer, again, unconfirmed whether it's brother of Jason. Uh, Keeping Stones was the, in capital, deal of the whole transfer window. So how, how much of a the is that? That Keeping Stones was the deal of the whole transfer window. So not quite as uh, No, No, he's not as angry as Stephen Carter, no. Uh, John Billing, very happy. Number 10 will come. Aye, aye. Uh, better to get a quality one with three exclamation marks. Uh, I won't do that again in case I blow my microphone up. Morales can't play there as he can't pass with four ex- exclamation marks. Definitely uh, blow the mic, which is, which is the whole point of a number 10. So this lad knows his stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, Christopher Moss, Morales or Barkley can play that position, but if Lukaku gets injured, we're in a deep shit. Yeah, agreed. Super Kone? Why, why is everybody looking past him? Well, he's, not, he's not a striker, is he? He's a right winger at the moment. Uh, Ryan Sangster needed a striker, short and sweet. Uh, and the last one for now, Sean Hogan, the Hulkster. Un- unconfirmed whether he is actually related to the shamed former WWF, WWE superstar who has since been written out and of history. TNA and WCW. Well, yeah. Well, I think he's still associated with them. They, they, they've got no shame. Sean, oh, somebody, uh, we've just got another live comment, as we oof, said, this oof, was the last one. Breaking news. Um, Sean Hulk Hogan goes on to say, we didn't sign Messi and Ronaldo. Are they Hogan's heroes? <laughs> Terrible. We didn't sign Messi and Ronaldo. Gutted. Some fans need to wake up. 
we don't have the funds to buy top players. I was impressed by our stance on Stones. In the Moyes era, I think we would have snatched the 30 million and started again from scratch at the back. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think you know, a lot of people are in the same boat there, thoughts-wise. And uh, latest commentee, or commenter, is uh, Barry Wilkinson says, need to see them play together before I can pass judgment. So, on all the signings together, really. Fair enough, so. let them play. I'm seeing a lot of people uh, already slag Mori off, for instance. Well, but when just, we've never based, seen him kick a ball. It's based on what, isn't it? What's in Vicky V's comments, uh, and uh, what we talked about last week, so... Let's give him a give him a chance and let's see. I've commented before about the amount of Evertonians that seem to be experts in the world of commerce and business, and now we seem to have hundreds of Evertonians who are experts in Argentinian football. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's let's see. Let's, let's give the lad a go. Yeah, Did he, I don't think there was many people jumping for joy when we signed John Stones for two million. To, from what I can remember. Uh, you know, I don't Brandon. think. I mean, this is a bigger fee, though, isn't it? I think it's. It is, but let's just hope it's more stones than Caldrop. Yes, uh, and I was. There was something. I think it might have been that Vickery bloke again who was saying, you know, Martinez has a bit of a blind spot when it comes to buying South American players directly from South America. Wigan's record signing was Bazelli, the striker who we signed from Argentina. It was terrible. Um, and obviously, you know, we know about Alcaraz, and uh, there's been a couple of other players knocking about. So you've got to give the lad a chance, haven't you? Always, yeah, of course. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on. One of the points there was about um, we haven't re- we you know we haven't got the money to bring in the top draw players. And I remember a number of times on the podcast saying I really think we should go for Pedersic, for instance, yeah. from Wolfsburg. We'll get him. He's out of favour, you know, probably get him sort of five, six, seven, eight million. Uh, he signed for Inter Milan in the window. What? 20 million? 20, oh yeah, so we... So yeah, okay, maybe I was punching a bit above my weight there with that. Right, so we'll have a little bit of a weighing up of, you know, how successful we think our transfer window was. But first of all, I think we're going to look at the significant players out uh, and then weigh them up against the ins. So, out, obviously Sylvan Distant. Alcaraz, I mean, Garbit on loan. What? What else? Chris Long. But what they are really the three players we've lost. I mean, Chris Long has he ever actually played the Premier League game for us? So he might have come on a sub. Yeah, he came on a sub. Gone to Burnley. So I don't think we need to, you know, possibly future potential there, but nothing that's going to. A couple of youngsters gone. Affect us this season. Um, this stand. Great saving to the club. Loved the fella. Um, was always good entertainment. You know, was always worth a joke on the podcast. However, you know, with his age, he was getting towards the end. He needed replacing. Alcaraz simply wasn't good enough. And Garb, well, we haven't lost him. He's gone out on loan. And I think that was part of the condition of him signing a long-term contract for us. So it looks heavier when you, you think Lennon went back to Tottenham. Atu went back to Chelsea. Um, so you know you look at those players as outs but you know but again at two how many times did he play for us three four yeah Uh, so if you look at the players in I mean and of course Alcaraz have you just mentioned Alcaraz I mentioned Alcaraz obviously not not good enough you know it's just yeah so uh, you know people people wanted that I think people wanted more than that than John Stone staying The, the thing I find funny a little bit is that you know, last season when Alcaraz was getting picked and playing, 
there was so many people saying, why don't we just play Brahma? Why don't we give the young lads a go? So now Alcaraz is gone. The same people seem to be saying, we've got no, we've got no central defenders. We've only got young lads. Well, you know, you've got to give, the, you've got to give the likes of Brown and a bit of a go and a bit of a, a bump up the the pecking order at some point, and that's just happened now. So we look at the, I think, I think just the very nature of the signings. Uh, I, I won't sum it up completely uh, now until until uh, the very nature of them though it doesn't look like there's any significant signings there but if you look at the players in you've got Delefeu obviously on loan a season uh, a season or two ago and he's come back so four and a half million David Hennon from Olympiacos who we've had on loan anyway uh, Tom Cleverley who came in on a, on basically a free wasn't it yeah, or, yeah. Free, yeah. Uh, Mason Holgate who's a youngster who's like who could possibly be the next John Stones or not uh, but is basically coming into developmental uh, you've got uh, Leandro Rodriguez who we thought might have been coming in to the developmental but the way Roberto was talking about him he's possibly going to be on, on the fringes of the, the first team squad as well but another youngster uh, you got uh, Ramiro Funes More who we think is going to come straight into the first team squad and is going to be push, pushing Jags and Stones for the first team place and then we've got Aaron Lennon who you, you know the fact that the, the Mori uh, deal was taking so long to come it didn't really feel, feel like a you know a transfer deadline day sign and, and it felt like we were going to mess it up and then the Lennon deal I think everybody knew I think because of the links with Yarmolenko I saw so many people say uh, links with linked with Yarmolenko end up with Aaron Lennon, and I think that's a bit of a knock on Lennon. That it's not really fair. And then the the the, the phrase everyone uses, I think you you've used it, I've used it. Loads of Evan Everton that or Everton aren't we? Which you know a lot of people do say, and I think it was a little bit tongue in cheek, but it's good signing. Um, so just way up the way the way I want to look at it is right. I think. With the exception of two of our signings in Lennon and Cleverley, every other player there is a, a young, really young. So I think it's it's a little bit looking at the next generation of players, I think. You know, you look at Holgate, you look at Maury, Rodriguez, um, Delafeu, they're all very young. So they can all come into the side. The the two players who don't fit that bracket, Cleverly and Lennon. If you went back four years ago or five years ago, Lennon was playing regular for Spurs. He was getting into the the England side week in week out. Cleverly was breaking through at Man United. Was touted to be this the next big thing for England. If you assigned them two players, then they would have been. Massive signings, huge signings for yeah. the club. They would have been, and I don't think either of them have become worse players. In fact, I think Cleverley's probably a better player than he was then, and Lennon's probably the same player as as we stated before. He's just fell out of favour a little bit. So, to me, the two very solid, good Premier League signings. Any time you can sign an England international who isn't in his thirties, you've got to be looking at that as a positive. Of course, Rav. And the fact that. Between them, it cost around four million quid for two regular England internationals. You know who could very much be knocking on the door again anytime soon. I, I mean, that's good business. I think some people 
justify transfers purely by the fee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you paid fifteen million for someone, that's a good sign. Well, it doesn't work out. That, as you mentioned, pay a code up. It doesn't work out that we, way, does we, it? We we signed we, we signed two two uh, two defenders this window. Holgate for what a million quid rising up to three million quid or whatever. He could very well be a, a better, much better player than Murray. Yeah, and Galloway, you know, towards the end of last season or in the, in the last window, when signing him, he could be what? What was he? Three million rising to? Was it something like that? Yeah, I think there's, there's from there's uh, MK Dons. Dons yeah, so that could rise to three million. He could be a better prospect than uh, than, than uh, Murray, but it's just the, the nature of each deal. You can't. Uh, yeah, I agree. You completely can't judge it by the fee. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you know, Liverpool would have a team of absolute worldies, and they haven't. They've got a team of overpriced no marks. Well, I think you know you look at it, and I think the one deal through the summer that pretty much everyone's agreed on was a great bit of business is probably Delafeu. Yeah, you know, we were thinking it was going to be ten million and ended up being four and a half. Yeah, so I think everyone's pretty much happy with that. Apart from you, we'll bet. You know. I, I, I'm a bit tongue-in-cheek about it. We all know that. But, you know, we know what that lad can do. Um, so, pretty much everyone's happy with that. Everyone was a little bit unsure on Cleverly. I think probably 90% of the support are probably coming round to him already. You know, I, I and think with free transfer. With the signings like that, it, it, it hurts Evertonian's pride that the fact that he's a Man United cast-off because we still want to be up there competing with the likes of Man United. Let's... Let's be real about it. We're not. And the fact that United signed Fellaini for what thirty million, they signed, uh, they signed Snyderland, they signed, God knows who else for in 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 the midfield. They got Matter there, and it's he's not going to get in there. So of course he's going to be a cast off. He's going to be a reject for them. But he can come in and do a really good job for us, and he's going to for nothing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Let, let's just look at, like, try and look at player versus player going out, if we can. If we can look at Distan and Alcaraz going out, compared to Mori and Holgate coming in, and then... Well, the, the main one is there's obviously a massive, massive difference in experience. Of course. But I think that is kind of balanced by the fact, by the emergence of... It's boost, that's boosted up again by the emergence and the extra season that Browning and, and Galloway have got. So you've got a little bit of a back yeah. up there. Well, I mean, you would now describe Stones as an established, experienced Premier League player as well. So so he, he's going to fill in there. I mean, there's a big question mark over Murray. Yeah. I, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about the lad. So, you know, we need to have a look and see what he's like. We could watch it. He could play his first game and we could all straight away think... We've brought a cracking player here. You know, he's ready to go. He may not be the finished article. So, we probably need him to, to be ready. Because we I say we need at least three centre-backs who you can rely yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So, if you look at the the other one out, uh, Chris Long. And if you look at Atu, and, and obviously we've got Lennon back. If you look at those players, players out... Well, Lennon for Lennon. Lennon for Lennon. Delvoy yeah. for Atu. Uh, Atu, who's obviously Which, a much... A big, which is an improvement. Yeah. Um, cleverly for, you know, over Chris Long. I know they're not the same player, but obviously it's a, it's a big improvement. So, so with Gareth Barry being a year older again, you know, there's been comparisons between this season and last season and the season before. Uh, have we the, the the 
the goal of every transfer window, every ever, every ever manager I've known has said this. You know, Moyes said it, and Martinez, and everyone said you want to come out of the transfer. It makes perfect sense. Come out of the transfer window stronger than when it opened, and a lot of clubs have come out weaker because they've had the you know the star players you know taken from them. Are we stronger now potentially than we were? When it opens in the summer, I would say we are slightly. I, th- I would say we are slightly. Yeah, and and the main reason for that being that we didn't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm echoing what a lot of people have said. I know that, but I think that's the most glaring and obvious part. We, for the first time in a long time, we've kept all our best players, uh, and we've added a few bits to supplement them. Imagine, you know, imagine this season. Mori turns out to be a worldie. You know, then it's a great window. Yeah, it really is a great so window. We can't yeah. say for certain whether it's a better. You know, we're stronger than we are, but on paper, we are potentially. We've lost two aging centre backs, added two young, up and coming centre backs, added it, add, lost someone who you know barely played half a game for us. Somebody who really excited us a season or two ago, about two seasons ago. Um, so I mean, I'm. I'm I would have liked to have seen Yarmolenko because we were all so excited about that, or another, you know, exciting number ten. But the fact that you don't always get what you want, but you try sometimes get what you need. I think the way, main way to look at it is how many players have clubs brought in who go into their first eleven. So Arsenal one, Peter Cech, Chelsea one, Pedro. Uh, you know, Man United three or four. Maybe you look at Schneiderlin, you look at Depay. Uh, you know. They brought a couple of players I in. I've Schweinsteiger before. Schweinsteiger was another one. Uh, Liverpool, three or four. Uh, and then City, you know, Sterling, De Bruyne. They haven't brought a massive amount who are going to come in. But then uh, we brought we brought Cleverly, who you would probably say is first choice. Um, and we brought Delafay, who's probably by the end of the season going to be end up being first choice, I would have thought. So I think maybe next season we have brought two two players in there that will move the team on, um, and that's fairly average. Yeah, uh, what just that just reminded me of when you were saying about City. Did you see the links going around? I think it was mainly on Twitter, which you don't go on Twitter, so you wouldn't really have seen it much. But we were linked with Nasri. I didn't see that now. Very very uh, when it was getting towards like I would have had to stop insulting them then. Wouldn't yeah, I? <laughs> three four o'clock. Uh, we were starting to get some Nasri links. So, quite interesting, but you know, obviously didn't come through. Throughout the transfer window, a lot of people were moaning about the amount of money we've spent. Uh, at the end of the window, we ended up spending, uh, we actually spent twenty, just over 20 million, 20.1. We recouped half a million back, obviously, by not selling anyone. Um, so, our net spend was 19.6 million, which put us very much mid-table, about 11th in the league. Which is where we finished last season, so... It's you know pretty much can't where really it was. Complain too much of that, maybe, um, and I think we probably would have spent more if the right player had been there. Yeah. So, here's a quick question: Now the window's closed. Forget we're playing Chelsea next week, but it's a game next week. It's Sunderland at home, right? A game, very winnable game. Now the window's closed. Who's your first choice eleven? Your back four speaks... Everyone's fit. So your back four speaks for itself, doesn't it? Well, Bain's going to be back. You, you yeah, mean, yeah, everyone's fit. Everyone's fit, right, OK. Full squad to choose out of. 
Oh, this is so, this is so hard because you your have back to... four picks itself. Yeah. So you've got Jag Stones, Coleman, Bainsey, Havard in goal. That, that's obvious. Um, who, who, who would who would you have then? Do you want me to do mine first? No, I'm sticking me back me back five sorted. Uh, I'm I'm still gonna pick Barry and McCarthy, uh, and Barkley in the middle, uh, because I think they'll come on. Uh, Rom up top. Then so the only the only choice there is whether to play uh, two wingers or not. Which is I think at the moment because of the graft he gives and the the, the relationship with Coleman he's got. I think I'll go with Adam Lennon at the moment, and then out on the left with everyone fit. I don't, know, I don't know whether to go blast from the past just because because uh, I hope they can build up their uh, relationship again and go Pina where he's been rubbish for a year so Morales and then have him and Lennon switch wings throughout the game and hopefully you know we can get Barry and McCarthy to cover a lot more because he wouldn't get his ass back right well, well for me it's, it's the back five as you said I'd, I'd go with Cleverly and McCarthy in the middle of the park. Uh, I'd go for Barkley, the number 10, Rom up top, and then I'd go Lennon right, Morales left, but Delafeu right knocking right on the door. Yeah, Interchangeable yeah, with them too. Yeah. And, but then you look at your bench then, and potentially you've got a bench of uh, you know Joel, and then you've got Marty, uh, in, in my one, Marty, Barry. To do your defensive covering, and then you've got you know Delafeu, Naismith, Conan. So you're gonna have like quite, you're gonna have like a good bench there with good options, aren't you? So yeah, you've got Browning and Galloway yeah. knocking on the door. Oviedo still still sniffing about. Oh, I, I potentially think we've got we have got enough going forward. The, so. the, the reason the only reason I would put uh, Gareth Barry in over Cleverly is the left. Uh, he's left-footed. Well, I think that's what will happen. We're not the manager. We don't pick the yeah. team. I think that's but what that balance when you've got when you've got Baines or Oviedo or whatever going forwards. You need that. You know when the when the play's over that side, you need that left side of the player to go in. It's natural. It's balanced. Uh, I think there Barry, should be a bit more balance with Murray as well, shouldn't there? I hope so. Yeah, because Jags as a left-sided centre. Whenever we've had a right-sided centre back come in alongside Jags, Jags is. Uh, as, as being the one to make way over and be left-sided centre but he's always more comfortable as right centre so if, if Stones gets injured for that, for example I fully expect Jags to be right centre Maury to come in left centre uh, Jags gets injured Maury will come straight back in left centre I think that will give us a lot more balance uh, especially with Baines bombing forward it's going to be fairly difficult to even get on the bench I mean there could be players like Bessic who aren't even making Obviously, the bench about Bessic, but you know Bessic is one one there who a lot of people would like to see start aside uh, alongside McCarthy. I think he could be struggling to get on the bench if everyone's fit. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, uh, I just think Barry just just gets it because of the left left centre. Okay, um, right. Um, I think that sort of concludes that section. Uh, and to finish the podcast off, now we're just going to have a very quick look at uh, the the Spurs game. Very quick. Yeah, we're going to recap. Uh, the joy that we had watching the game last was it last Saturday or Sat- Sunday? Saturday evening. It was, yeah, it was Saturday evening game, wasn't it? Um, the sniff. Yeah, and it was drab, to say the very least. Uh, it was it played out into a very boring nil-nil draw. Um, I will go so far to say, 
you'd probably take that when it was offered to you before the game. It's a good point away at White. Well, the way the way the game turned out as well, you'd definitely take it because. Yeah. Well, yeah, you would, um, and I think I remember on last week's podcast I was saying you'd have a look at Tottenham's midfield there. The game is there for the taking, really. You know, it's not the greatest of midfields you'll ever see in your life, uh, and I think that was pretty much. I still feel that way now. I think we probably, if we'd have gone and played, if we'd have gone and put a performance down there like we did against Southampton, I think we would have easily won that game. Well, I think Roberto thought the same because he picked pretty much the same lineup except for Oviedo in for Galloway, didn't he? he picked the same same starting eleven uh, apart from that, uh, and um, you know the same and, and City the week before, and you know Kone out on the right again, uh, cleverly out on the left, uh, Barry. McCarthy again and uh, Barkley in the number 10 role and Lukaku up top so uh, I think he was hoping more for the Southampton type performance rather than the City type performance and to be fair we got neither yeah it was a bit of a paradox of that performance really wasn't it and the fact that all the players who played well in that game didn't particularly perform in this game in all honesty Uh, you know as we stated before we lost Tom Cleverley in the game through injury uh, the tackle from Eric Dier I thought Cleverly was having a, a fairly decent game before yeah, he got I mean, he was closing down in. well had a good chance didn't he he did yeah um, Kone did, didn't really do much on the game but probably uh, overall was probably slightly better than wrong I think a few yeah, people yeah. were surprised when Lukaku got substituted off towards the end of the game uh, when we were chasing it and, I think and Ron was yeah, wasn't very happy was he and Naismith got brought on I don't think Lukaku was too happy but you know Kone probably had done more than him in the game so probably justified that substitution um, for me man of the match by a million miles was Tim Howard some great saves kept us in the game won us the point basically did Morales come on for uh, cleverly in the end I can't even remember the, the, this game it was just so yeah he did yeah. it seems like it, because of, cause it's been a bank holiday and then it was the transfer window this game which was what five days ago seems like it's about three weeks it does yeah it does seem like a long time ago I'm, I'm trying to rack my brains thinking if I can talk about any specific incidents in the game other than the Cleverly injury there I'm was, struggling there was, there was the bit where Cleverly had, had a chance where he, uh, he, he pinched the ball uh, from the top of the defence and then uh, kind of bundled his way through a little bit and uh, tried to curl one into the far corner but ended up being too close to Larissa in the Tottenham goal there was a good ball whipped in uh, which Kone got his head on good connection uh, but just went just the wrong side of the post uh, when he was up top. I think that's it. What I will say, what I did take from this game is, you know, we've got to be looking at the sides in and around us that, you know, for us to progress this season to move up the league a little bit, we've got to be looking at the sides in and around us who we can, like, leapfrog in the league. And there are your Southamptons, there are your Tottenham's, there are your Liverpool's, I will go so far to say. Yeah. Um, We've now played Southampton, and I've gotten. I said last week, I think we will finish above them in the league. I think we're a better side than Southampton. After going away to Tottenham last week, a ground where we don't particularly do very well, uh, I know on the balance of play they probably maybe deserve to edge the game, but again, I think that we would just add a bit of an off day. I think. I didn't see anything in Tottenham that worries me that they're a much better side than us. No, and we went away and took a point from them. Exactly. From there, so. I mean that's if you if you can do that. I think we could easily beat them at Goodison, so that's four points off them. Um, and again, I can't see any reason why we can't be, 
you know, finishing above Tottenham this season. So um, that really only leaves the top four and maybe Liverpool, who I, who I think potentially could finish above us. We're going to play Liverpool very soon. I think we're four weeks out from the first derby. Uh, you beat them at home. You know, and they're not impressing me at the moment either. The, like from what what I've seen of them so far this season. So you know, the signs in a way are good. There, people have got to remember we've had a very tough set of opening fixtures, haven't we? You know, well, and which continues in, in just over a week, just under a week and a half with the Chelsea game. Yeah, um, which we'll preview fully next week, obviously. Just going back to the Tottenham game though, before we, uh, we, you know, there's been a lot of talk this week about uh, the the reaction to John Stones, and we we ended up watching on the telly, didn't we? Um, it was one of one of Sky Sports games, and we didn't it was about the times we mentioned mentioned uh, mentioned Sky Sports. They should give us some dough, shouldn't they? Yeah, well, no chance. Um, so there was every time John Stones got the ball, he was booed. And there was some little bit of confusion over what that was, but those boos were definitely Cockney boos, weren't they? Because I think, of his I think so, because he wanted to sign for Chelsea and Tottenham don't like Chelsea, do they? Have you seen the, the talk that came out as well, though, from some of the Tottenham fans talking about John Stones' um, dad and stuff like that? Yeah, well, I don't even want to comment on that, because there's no place for that. No, it's, I mean, it's no just matter a what. disgrace, but a lot of them are saying that Evertonians were saying that kind of stuff, and I just don't know how much I believe that. There's idiots though. We have idiots who support us, don't we? So I don't know. I don't know. But I don't. You know, I, I really don't want to talk about that because I just I don't give them the time of day. People who say things like that, you know. I just want to. But I just want to thank kind of certain things of what you bit. shouldn't touch on and, and, and mocking the dead is not is one of them really. The the other thing that I mean, this should have been in our news section. Unless really. it's Emily Hughes. <laughs> I'm only joking. The 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 other thing uh, that you should have questioned like, in the news section was the the, the story that the scum reported, uh, and there was some clarification on that on one of the talk shows at the, at the weekend, uh, talking about John Stones apparently be hound, being hounded out of his home. Uh, this was uh, it was kind of clarified and cleared up this situation. He'd had some um, potential burglaries around the same time yeah I think footballers were getting targeted and I think yep. he was basically the, the police may have informed him that he was potentially at risk uh, and that's why he'd, he'd moved temporarily into a hotel so uh, thieves not Evertonians handed him out of his home so yeah anyway shouldn't, should, I mean that should have been mentioned earlier on but it's just something I've been thinking about now uh, so I just wanted to mention it but I agree with you about the Tottenham game uh, good point and you know we can move on and look at the Chelsea game and you know on and off over the last few seasons we've done good against them so we can you know probably probably preview that next week yeah we will I mean you know they're not particularly informed at the minute so yeah well let's see what players we get back from international duty fit that's always the big hurdle isn't it yeah Uh, all the international most of the international teams have got two games this this week in the space of you know sort of a seven day period so Let's see who we get back and and what sort of side we can put out next week. I'm gonna have me me uh, me annual moan about this. An international break at this early in the season is still madness, but you know it, it's it's become custom now. So, uh, you know, there's that, and there's the Reading game coming up soon as well in a few weeks. Did we mention that we got Reading? You, 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 you yes, did, we did. You did we mention did. that, and you, you, you my four and uh, yeah. So yeah, so we we've still got our transfer in in the pipeline to Acast, 
which is a podcast host. So uh, it didn't sh- get done before the Stones deal. No, it didn't. But we are going to be up on there just in moving some of the old podcasts on there so we should be up on there so you might hear us a little bit more corporate soon so we're getting promoted up to with the big boys aren't we so we'll be we'll be battling out against the likes of the football ramble the football rambles on Acast yeah football so. ramble yeah so. ripped off most of our ideas yeah uh, so yeah thanks for listening on iTunes and SoundCloud SoundCloud SoundCloud, SoundCloud. that's like a uh, that's that's a Scottish version of SoundCloud but that would be SoonCloud Conor McClude of the SoundCloud <laughs> anyway yeah Thanks for listening as always, Blues, and we shall catch you next week. Later.